There's crispy, and then there's crispy, er. Try our new and improved Tyson crispy chicken strips. Crispy just got crispy, er. Hello, everybody.、Uh, you're listening to HBCU 468, the Roden Fellows Podcast. I'm Bill Roden, and we're recording this podcast on a、uh, sunny, hot Friday afternoon. Now, the fellows,、um, the Roden Fellows, are going to start trickling back onto the show next week. So,、uh, <laughs> honorary Roden Fellow and CBS local sports reporter Jamal Murphy is、uh, co-hosting the show with me. How's it going, Jamal? I'm doing pretty well. How you doing, Bill? It's all it's all good, as they say, as long as it's summertime. Today we're going to talk about three on three basketball. I know everybody thinks they know about three on three basketball. We all, you know, I grew up in Chicago, you know, playing three on three, four on four. But today's show, you're gonna you're gonna learn more about three on three and all those different shades than you've ever thought you knew.、Uh, anyway, three on three basketball is going to make its Olympic debut. In the 2020 Tokyo Summer Games, USA Basketball and Red Bull have teamed up to select potential players to represent the USL of the U.S.、Uh, United States.、Uh, now, Ariel's men's three-on-three basketball team is the current USA Basketball three-on-three national champion, and they won the. And this is big news, and a congratulations to they won the three-on-three world championship gold medal in Amsterdam last week. And it's the first ever three-on-three world championship for a team from the United States. And on the line with us today are two special guests from that team: a sponsor of the team and somebody who, who played.、Uh, uh, John Rogers、uh, Jr., who's the founder and CEO of Ariel Investments, is going to be financing one of the teams, and he's been a huge supporter of three-on-three basketball in the United States. And In fact, a few years before he he、uh, founded Ariel, John played. Well, I don't know, John. You tell me a little more in a few years. Before he, he played basketball under the Hall of Fame coach Pete Carroll, and he was actually the captain of Princeton's basketball team his senior year. And he credits、uh, Pete's courtside lessons on teamwork as profoundly shaping his views of entrepreneurship and investing. Beyond Ariel and basketball, John is also a board member of McDonald's, Nike, my old company, the New York Times.、Uh, John is also a member of the American Academy of Arts and Sciences.、Uh, so, welcome to the show, John. It's great to be on. Also on the line is Kareem Maddox, who played on Ariel's slow and steady three-on-three team that won the 2018 and 2019 USA Basketball Championship. He, like John, played basketball、uh, at Princeton and served as the team's captain during his senior year. Currently, he is a producer at Gimlet Media. He lives and works in New York City. Kareem, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Bill. I just want to congratulate both you guys, man, for uh, uh, for winning the the championship. That was a I know it was a huge deal and something that you both had been shooting for. Kareem, you were there, man. Could you、um, just kind of take us through it? What was it like to to finally break through and to win the championship? 
Yeah, it was it was really special. Um, starting with the venue itself, it's right outside this historic, you know, Rijksmuseum, right in the middle of all these museums in Amsterdam. Um, you know, to to put on the USA jersey and to wear, you know, it's it's funny. They gave me the number nine, which you know, if you look at the Dream Team, Michael Jordan wore number nine with the USA jersey, you know, across his chest. So, um, wow. you know, that was kind of a surreal moment um, for myself, and then to perform the way we did and, um, you know, put in the preparation and to, uh, have it yield such good results was, was really special. I mean, it was, it was a, a big moment, uh, for us and for, for John. And, you know, I've been uh, yelled at by John on more than one occasion for <laughs> making the same mistakes in basketball and, you know, to, to execute the way we did and minimize those mistakes was, it was a really special moment for all of us. How'd you feel, John? This is something that you've been, shooting for for a long time, um, probably since like 1990 or something. How, how did you feel finally uh, watching, you know, watching the team win? It was an unbelievable feeling, really surreal to be world champions. I mean, these guys, you know, played extraordinarily well. They beat the number one team in the world, Serbia, and um, another top five team along the way. So it was a very, very tough tough tournament and and again as you said in the introduction to be the first united states team to win the world cup um makes it especially especially sweet you know i'll ask you about this later uh but um and i hope i'm getting his name wrong uh dusan damovic yeah dusan bullet yeah with serbia yeah 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 i mean he's i guess generally considered to be one of the best three-on-three players in the world, I guess it must have been an extra satisfaction to beat, his te- to beat him and, and his team. Yeah, certainly. I mean, you know, Serbia is the number one team in, in, in three-on-three in the world right now, and that is a product of them having played this style of 3x3 with the 12-second shot clock and, you know, some of the other rules of the game the longest. And uh, Bullet has really carved out a niche in this sport and has done very well for himself and for Serbia. So, you know, we, we always know that that's going to be a tough game. But at the same time, you know, <laughs> this might come as a surprise, but around the world, you know, the U.S. isn't necessarily known for our 3x3 basketball skills. So, um, you know, we it was satisfying to remind, you know, the world that we have some basketball players over here, too, in the U.S. Yeah, that, that's interesting when you say that America is not known for their three-on-three game, what are the, some of the unique challenges that go into, you know, playing three-on-three strategy-wise that differ from, you know, the full-court game? Sure. So I, I, I'll have to defer to the, to the expert, John, on the line here, because I think John has really laid out kind of like the groundwork for what is, can be really successful in three-on-three. And he's been, you know, he's been playing for a long time, playing and coaching us. Well, well, thanks, Kareem. It goes back to what Bill said. You know, when I was a lot younger, we had a team that was made up of mostly Princeton guys, along with Arnie Duncan and uh, another friend of ours. And uh, we had Kit Miller, who was the second-leading scorer in Princeton's history, Craig Robinson, fourth-leading scorer in Princeton's history, who's uh, Michelle Obama's uh, brother, a lot of you know. So... We started playing in Chicago. We won the Chicago Bulls tournament three different times and then moved from there into uh, playing on the Hoop It Up uh, schedule, going around the country playing six or seven tournaments this summer. 
And we were one of the you know, four best teams in the country uh, during that period. As the years went on and we got older, uh, we started replacing ourselves with other people who were familiar with the Princeton system, not only people who had played at Princeton, but people who had played at Northwestern under Coach Carmody, people who had played at Brown uh, under Craig Robinson, and others who are familiar with the way that you know the Princeton system operates, which is perfect for three-on-three because the heart of the three-on-three uh, rules are that you get two points for a three-point shot and one point for a normal shot. So being able to do the things that we believe in in, Princeton, in the Princeton offense of spreading the court, basically trying to only shoot layups and three-pointers, it's been part of what's made it special. And then, of course, understanding on defense what a good shot is and when to foul and when not to foul and how to encourage people to take long two-point shots instead of taking three-point shots. That's part of the, uh, the gamesmanship but it all comes down to how Kareem and I were trained uh, in the Princeton system. I know for, for listeners, they've been here. There's a lot of three-on-three going around. There's the, I think the NBA has some version of three-on-three. Uh, there's the big three, which, as you guys know, has been getting a lot of, a lot of play. I think they just start competition. They've got a contract now with CBS. They've got a lot of big-name former NBA players. And then there's a three-on-three that's going to be at the Olympics. Could, could you just Guy, just tell us what are the different three-on-threes and how, how are each of you distinguished from each other in terms of rules, style of play? Sure. From a model standpoint, the big three, um, which is Ice Cube's league, is more about uh, being able to see some of these basketball players of days past. And, you know, as they've grown, they've tried to get younger players and more, more guys who are just, you know, kind of just out of the NBA and it's more of a, I would say, like a marketing kind of play, whereas um, I think FIBA is really interested in becoming a sustainable ecosystem where they're developing their own kind of special type of players um, with this subset of rules. And, you know, FIBA, uh, for those who don't know, is the, is the FIFA for basketball, so the international governing body of basketball. And it's kind of like a pro circuit. So, you know, there's a 12-second shot clock. There's no, you know, check it up or, you know, winner's takeout, it's continuous play. So the ball goes through the hoop, the other team just takes it out. So it's a very, like, quick transition from offense to defense, whereas uh, the big three is trying to capitalize on names that you already know who you've wondered about. You know, you take an Allen Iverson now and say, I want to see AI play. That's, that's more what I'm seeing from the big three now, and I think that may change over the years, but, um, you know, I don't know where they're going to go. And then in terms of other leagues, you know, I think Red Bull wants to get in, in the game and, and they're doing their own kind of league. And so, yeah, I think three-on-three three is, is definitely of interest for people right now, especially as we approach 2020, um, where it will be an Olympic sport. Since the big three, you know, is, is, so, is getting, you know, gaining popularity right now, is there a part of you that, you know, is, you know itching to get out there and, and, and show people what real three-on-three three is? <laughs> my, for me, my focus is the Olympics. I mean, that's something I've dreamed about. I tell people the story. I was in the stadium in 96 when Michael Johnson broke that 200-meter record. You know, my father took me to those Olympic uh, games. And so, you know, having the opportunity to wear that USA jersey across my chest in the a, in a, in a Olympic Games is is all that I'm focused on. So though the big three is, you know, paying real money to <laughs> to real players, for me, you know, it's it's not really it's it's not really a thought. 
I, I mean, I want to, I want to, there are two things. I want to go back, though, to this whole thing, because really the reason this show, uh, the, the, the source of it, I don't know, John and I were talking about this last summer when we were talking about three-on-three, and, of course, just sort of being a, a, a person who grew up, you know, I, I grew up loving the AFL, and that was always a big thing, to see the AFL play the NFL, cause and, and, or the NBA play the ABA, because there's all this, there's distinction. I think, John, you may remember that when, you know, there are people who love AFL football, people love NFL football, and we said, well, who's the best league? So my thought was, okay, I'd love to see a Super Bowl between the best team in the big three and the best team uh, of the FIBA sponsor, three-on-three. I'd like to see you guys play each other, and I'm wondering, well, who do you think would win? Because I'm sure all the former pro guys, you know, yeah, Princeton and all that kind of stuff, you know, we're NBA guys. You know, we could, we'll beat you guys. You know, I would love to see, I don't know, uh, you know, you, you issue a challenge. I mean, because there's, there's a lot of ego on the line. I'm sure the pro guys think there. What, what do you think about that? Both with John and, and Kareem, I mean, who would who would come out victorious? Take you know your best and and the big three best, you know, a, a former you know uh, NBA guy. Well, maybe I'll start to say you know we think we would dominate the big three champion. Our guys are really 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 good, and I don't you know I think we would be able to crush them. Crush them. Crush them. <laughs> Crush, what, crush them? These these guys are like Allen Iverson. Uh, who you got there? You got these are like former NBA players. I know, but this game is a different game. It's not where athleticism wins. It comes down to precision, cutting, and being able to shoot with range. And um, I would love to see that game. Let's make, what do you think, Kareem? I mean, John is writing these checks. You're going to have to cash them. <laughs> what, what, what do you think? I love it. I love it. I mean, look, that's why uh, that's why we call you know John kind of informally the uh, the Godfather of three on three. He has the strategy. At the end of the day, you step between four lines and, and you're playing ball, right? But I do think that the rules there is like a learning curve to play the way that we play, kind of this FIBA style three x three. And I think that you know right now we have the advantage. I mean, and I will say we're not we're not afraid to to play anyone at any time in in three on three. So. You know, we're here for it. This, this is interesting to me because, you know, both of you guys have a, have a background in, in, you know, full-court basketball at a high level. And then, and then you, you're, you know, you move over to three-on-three, three on three, which we've all played. I just want to get your opinion on what exactly, you know, whether it's, you know, what part of the physical game is different, what part of the technical game is different that, that, makes you, that would make you a better three-on-three three player than a full-court player. But uh, like having playing against teams like Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'll just start with you know after being involved with these tournaments for 25 years or so, I think one of the things about the Princeton offense is that we learn to like Clay Thompson actually is very good at this to catch and shoot. And the idea is if you're someone who's a really good catch and shoot three point player, you make a much higher percentage than if you're trying to do it off the dribble or off the screen uh, where you're moving a lot before you get the, the open shot. And so our ability to space the court and be able to be get, you know, be standing when we catch a pass and shooting the ball is part of in our, our DNA. And then being able to spot and shoot is a critical skill set to be able to uh, win in three-on-three. 
again, more than being someone who can be flying in for, you know, flamboyant dunks, that gets you one point. Uh, standing out in the corner and making a three, that's going to get you two. It's a big, big uh, distinction. I keep thinking of a Seth, Steph Curry. I mean, you've got guys now, because remember, that used to be the old stereotype. I mean, even me growing up in Chicago, I don't know, John, you remember, I grew up on the South Side, and, you know, guys play a certain way. We thought, man, you playing that suburban ball, you know, which was like cold words. <laughs> you know? But, you know, you got guys now who could shoot three-pointers and all that. So I, I'm, I'm wondering, how are they the two games different from each other in terms of, A, the rules? Kareem yeah, is the expert. I'll you know, turn it over to Kareem. But I do think, you know, if you put together Clay Thompson and Steph Curry and Draymond Green and they had some time to really practice and learn the rules, they would be extraordinarily good at the FIBA three-on-three. There's no doubt about it. But that's not who's playing in the uh, big three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look, make no mistake about it. If LeBron shows up, I will happily concede that. LeBron will be better than me at, at, at any form of basketball that you want to play. But what you have in three-on-three is um, a game where you don't want any liabilities on the court. You don't want anyone that's, like, extra limited in, in any one aspect of basketball. So, you know, at Princeton we say everyone, every single player on the court needs to be able to dribble, pass, and shoot. That's a principle that, you know, might come from Pete Carrill. But that has trickled down even when I was playing. So anyone, no matter whether you're a center, a forward, whatever it is, you know, you better be able to do those three things, dribble, pass, and shoot. Um, because in a three-on-three game, there's nowhere to hide, right? So, if, you know, you can, be a, you can just be a spot-up shooter in five-on-five. You can just be someone who gets, you know, 15 rebounds a game. You know, a coach will find a place for you to play. But if you're a liability on the offensive end or the defensive end in three-on-three, it's going to be tough for you to be a, you know, an effective player. So I think that's one of the differences. And then, you know, just mathematically, as John alluded to, you have twos and ones rather than twos and threes. So effectively a two is worth twice as much as a, as a one. You've got to be able to knock down a shot. So if you're someone who can't shoot and the other team can help off you, then that's a, that's a, that's a big liability for your team offensively because it allows, you know, them to effectively not guard someone on the three-point line so, or the two-point line, as it were. So, yeah, so I think, you know, that versatility is really important in three-on-three. And in terms of the rules, like, you know, if you watch, uh, and maybe it's maybe I'm a little too close to it, but I would say FIBA-style three-on-three is a lot more physical than you're going to find Ooh. even even in a in a park in a pickup game. Um, really? It can be wild sometimes. I mean, you know, John maybe confirmed that because I don't know what it's like to, to watch. We watch film, obviously, but, like, sometimes – fouls don't exist uh you would think so and that's fine that's just an adjustment that you have to make but that's another thing that you know they they don't want to blow the whistle because they don't want the game to stop as much is is one thing and yeah I, th- I would say the transition to be able to transition quickly from offense to defense and just the fact that it's a 10 minute game first to 21 points it's much easier to lose a game to a team that you think you're superior to when a game is that short and you know, anyone can get hot for for, ten, for a 10-minute game. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, in the playground, three-on-three three is always winners, right? What about in three-on-three yeah. three and FIBA? Are, are they, do they play by the same rules that it's not winners? It's, it's um, you shoot and then the other team takes the ball out? No, so it's a, on a made shot, the ball goes through the hoop. You can just take it 
you can just take it and throw it out to the three-point line and shoot it right away. The 12-second clock starts as soon as the ball goes through the hoop. All right. Is, is, there, is there a clock on, on the big three, three-on-three? Three? I don't think they play with a shot clock, no. Oh, wow. We really? don't play at the same pace. If they do, you know, it's a much more moderated pace. They can take their time. So you guys rely on wearing them down. These, these former pros probably aren't in the same peak condition of wearing them down. That seems obvious from watching the, from watching the big three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah so so my that. mistake, there, there is indeed a shot clock in the big three. It is 14 seconds rather than 12, but I, I do believe on a make on a made shot, there's no continuous play. So if a team makes a shot, you got to go check it up from the top. So when we have this challenge, John, which you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna arrange this now since you've written this year, we're gonna arrange this this uh, this game, this showdown game between uh, the best team in the USA, which is your team, versus I guess the team that wins the Big Three championship. What would be the, 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 the rules that you'd have to kind of come together on? What, what are the one or two rules that you probably have to, you know, negotiate? That's a great question, how you would negotiate that, because that shot clock going through the basket, you know, you, can, you have no chance to rest, and you often can take three or four seconds just dribbling it out behind the three-point line, you know, before you're eligible to shoot it again. So all of a sudden you only have – eight or nine seconds instead of the 14. So I think the big big point of contention was that, that idea of having, we'd want to be able to keep that fast pace and be able to show that it's the official world rules under FIBA. You know, it's really the way the, again, the, way the Olympics are going to be picked. It's the way everyone around the world is playing. So we would try to argue that this is the real three-on-three I wanted uh, to go back to the Olympics and just get get a feel for who are the the teams to beat, so to speak. How confident are you guys that that you can come away with the gold? You know, just 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 talk about the Olympic challenge ahead of you. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot to be determined um, as of now. You know, first of all, what we did by winning the World Cup last week was ensure that the USA will have a spot in the Olympic qualifying tournament. So the first couple of spots, you know, obviously Japan will get a spot because they're the host country. The next three will be determined by, you know, basically federation points. So, you know, Serbia has the most players playing three-on-three basketball. They're the number one federation and then that, that's how points are scored, basically, how many players in your country play three-on-three three, um, and how much they play. So whether or not the U.S. gets in, uh, you know, is still to be determined. But in terms of, you know, if and when we get there as a country, the other, you know, teams to beat, I would say, are, you know, Serbia is very good. Slovenia is very good. Latvia is good. That's who, you know, we beat in the final at the, at the 3x3 World Cup last week. You know, France is pretty good. And so it's it's just about who's been playing the longest in a way and who's dedicated um, kind of the time and resources to taking 3x3 seriously in this format of play um, and who's figured out, you know, how to win and who's been able to, because they've been playing the longest, influence the way the game is called um, in a sense. So, you know, whether it's like the format of it or whether it's, you know, how many fouls or how they call fouls and things like that. 
is it's you know it's been largely Eastern European countries playing the sport. How are individual players uh, going to be selected for the U.S. team? What how, what's that going to be like? Are the trials? That is that is you know still to be determined um, as well. But the rule that FIBA has in place now is two of the players have to be in the top ten of the country's you know three on three players. That means they you know and you accumulate points by playing in professional FIBA tournaments and playing you know kind of in this like Red Bull uh, circuit that's happening this summer. But there's, you know, the FIBA Pro Circuit, there's tournaments called Challengers, there's tournaments called World Tours, which are larger. They all have prize money attached to them. You need to have a professional team participating in that. Ours is Team Princeton, which we've, you know, named, you know, after, you know, basically, you know, John and and the tradition that we've had as, you know, players in the Princeton kind of like larger coaching network um, and the influence there. So, So basically the only rule... Uh, is that two of the players have to be in the top ten, basically, point scorers in the USA, and the other two players need to have minimal points, uh, meaning they've played in basically one tournament. But that's really the only set rules, and then the rest will kind of be probably be developed as it gets closer to, you know, March uh, and April of, of next year. So every sport will have, has its trials. Uh, will it be the same thing in that if, you know, will, will you meet in one place and, is, is there going to be like a, a the national coach? You know, I'm not sure how much clarity there is around exactly how it's going to be decided just yet. But, you know, for us, our priority is to, you know, make it so that the U.S. is accumulating points, right? And we do that through playing on the, the pro circuit like this summer and like early next spring um, to whatever degree tournaments are being held at that time. You know, obviously, as everyone gets prepped for the Olympics. So, yeah, so so I guess it's like the national tournament will play a role in that as well. And that's held typically in, you know, March, April of, of every year. But um, I don't think anything has necessarily been set as of yet. So it's not necessarily that aerial three-on-three three three basketball team that won the world championship, not all the players on that team would necessarily be in the Olympics. Will this be more like an all-star team? It, it sounds um, to sure. me, I mean, you know, these rules are still being put together, as, as, but it sounds to me that at least two of our players would have be the odds-on favor to be in the Olympics if we continue with the winning that we've been having the last several years. Preem, would you, you agree with that? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, in terms of putting ourselves in the best position, you know, is is we want to be in that top 10, right? Because that means that we've done our part in terms of doing everything we can to, you know, qualify to play in enough tournaments to make sure that the USA has a fighting chance to make it into the, the Olympic Games automatically. But, yeah, exactly. So it'll have to be someone in, you know, two in those top 10. And right now, six of the players in the top 10 play for, for the aerial team. Oh, okay. And we only have six people on our roster, so the whole team is in the top ten for the USA because you know, we've been playing the most, um, which John has you know effectively spearheaded um, himself and ensured that we've been able to do that over the past couple of years. And these are trips like I've been to China three times this summer. I, <laughs> I have a normal job. You leave on a Wednesday. I'm back at my desk on a Monday. So it's been a financial commitment. It's been a, a commitment of time and energy 
um, and and sacrifice to be to be able to you know make sure that not only we have a have a shot, but the USA has a has enough points to to have a fighting chance. What kind of crowds do you play in front of? Uh, what's the atmosphere like for these game for these three on three games? It depends. You know, the World Cup was was insane. It was like crazy venue. It was like two thousand, you know, twenty five hundred people maybe, but it was sold out. It's temporary venues, so they'll they'll bring in like you know a court like an Enlio court, which is this kind of like rubber material, or you know sometimes if you're in uh, Chengdu, China, it might be a sport court. You know, so it, so it all depends. But you know, there's some kind of like temporary band set up. There's a tent. Um, you play outside. It's, you know, I'd say I played in front of anywhere between you know a hundred, two hundred people to um, five thousand. I think the venue that they're setting up for the Olympics. I've heard rumors that that's going to be six or seven thousand uh, at the World Tour final, which is the the basically the biggest FIBA three x three tournament each year. Last year it was held in Beijing, China. That venue was was huge. I think the World Cup last year was, you know, they seeded 55,000, I think. Um, I don't know if it was sold out or anything, but, you know, that was held in, in Manila. Um, and the U.S. didn't participate in that on the men's side last year in that World Cup, but we heard that venue was, was very large. So it, it varies wildly. Some countries, the games have been televised uh, nationally. I know we played in South America and... Uh... That's happened there, and then of course all the games are live streamed uh, throughout the world. Wow! You know, just uh, for, for let you guys go, our guests are uh, John Rogers, who is the CEO, founder of uh, Areola Capital, and uh, Kareem Maddox, who um, his, his his day job. Uh, his, 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 I don't know. I don't know which is which. But your day job is with Gimlet Media, but like you said, you put so much time into. Uh, Playing is three on three. I'm not sure. It seems like the lines fade. But, uh, <laughs> Living the dream. Kareem, did you have any when you got out of Princeton? Did you have any aspirations to play in the NBA or go further? And is this is this sort of is, this is kind of like your pro ball, right? For me, yeah. For me, this is this is my this is my pro ball. I did go overseas and played a couple years. You know, I, I have a very strange career. Uh, my LinkedIn would probably look weird if I put everything on there. But basically, you know, I played two years overseas after Princeton. I retired and was a journalist for for NPR public radio stations for three years. And then basically woke up one day and just had the itch. So I went back to Poland and played one more year of professional ball in Poland, which is a pretty good league over there. And then when I came back, three-on-three was an Olympic sport. And this FIBA kind of pro circuit thing became very clear that this was something, you know, we had to do and wanted to do. And so once the Olympic rings got attached to this thing, I mean, that's that's all all I focused about. But, um, you know, I never worked out for any NBA teams or anything like that. But this is worth fighting for. And this is worth, you know, getting up early, staying up late to work towards. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, how do you feel, John, to, to have seen it grow? Like like you've seen this three on three movement grow to now it's going to be in the Olympics. You know it's uh it's it's exciting and uh, I'm so proud of the guys you know and this Craig Moore, Damon Huffman, you know, Zaire, Dan McGrady's all the guys who put in all this hard work to go with the uh, Robbie Hummel 
and now our, our newest guy, uh, Canyon Barry. It's just so, it just takes so much pride to see all the great success they've had. I can tell you that all of us old guys are like really jealous that we didn't get a chance to, uh, travel the world and play and uh, have a chance to compete for the Olympics. You know, I know Greg Robinson, Kit Miller, and Arnie and all the old guys feel that way because it looks like they're, they're having, you can tell they're having a great, great time. Mm. Well, we wish you guys a lot of luck. It was very, very exciting. How can people, um, if people hear this and they say, well, we'd like to see the game, how can they access your games? Yeah, you can, um, you can typically watch on YouTube, basically, um, by just searching FIBA 3x3, you know, sometimes the games are televised on there. In the past, they'd all been basically played live and able to be, like, rewatched on YouTube. Uh, I think this year FIBA signed a deal for the United States and Canada, so there's a website called Flow Hoops where you can subscribe and watch. Or, you know, we tell people to, to find a VPN and, <laughs> and uh, basically you have to transfer yourself out of the U.S., to watch on YouTube, but you know, right now I think it, you can typically find the games online. And does, right. does the team does the team itself have like an Instagram page or a Twitter page, anything like that? Sure, yeah, yeah. We are Princeton Three X Three on Instagram, and you know, we all have our personal pages, including including John. John's on Instagram too. So we all try to document the journey because you know the journey for us is as important as the destination. It's FIBA is also on Instagram, FIBA 3x3, and uh, also USA Basketball. Uh, also, you'll see a lot on on the 3 on 3 championship. So there's sort of several ways to watch us and stay, stay in touch. I want to say I'm going to keep letting you guys go, but it's USA Basketball. What's the relationship between USA Basketball and, and the 3 on 3? Because I know the NBA is kind of has a weird relationship with the big three. In fact, I don't think they have a relationship. So what's the relationship with USA Basketball and the, the, the FIBA 3-on-3, three three, which you guys were part of? Yeah, yeah. USA Basketball is, you know, leading the charge as far as 3-on-3 three three and qualifying the U.S. for the Olympics and then, you know, from playing in the Olympics. The World Cup, the Team USA team is, you know, all chosen through USA Basketball. And um, basically they have an arm of USA Basketball that handles 3-on-3. Three um, is effectively how it works. Oh, okay, great. Hey, well, uh, hey, I know John. There, there's um, there's some news. I know we've been talking about basketball, but I mean, your bread and butter is being uh, you know the founder of uh, Aerial Capital, a great investor, and um, you, you, your, your publicist said we should add, no. It is great that you are now the um, the number one ranked fund uh, among your your peer group. Is that Am I getting that correct? Since the uh, financial crisis ended uh, in March of 2009, uh, we've been the number one performer in our category out of a couple hundred funds in both the Morningstar universe and the Lipper universes. Those are sort of ranking services in our industry. Uh, mm. So it's uh, you know it's been great. Ariel's been around for 36 years and. Uh, we're proud of our long-term performance and especially proud of the last 10 years coming out of that terrific year of uh, 2008. Well, c- congratulations on that. And also, just as you know, uh, as you were kind to mention, I've been so fortunate to be on some terrific boards like the New York Times and, and uh, McDonald's, but uh, it's great that Nike now is uh, 
getting interested in what we're doing with our three on three, and it's you know they they're very involved in three on three basketball also, and uh, so it's it's been a fun board to be on as I see how much they care about the sport. They're they're involved with FIBA three on three or like Big Three three on three. My understanding is they're they're connected to the USA Basketball and FIBA three on three. You know our guys are uh, I know wearing Nike gear. Oh wow. Wow, that's great. Well, so so in 10 years, what do you think we're going to see? 10 years from now, do you think there's just going to be one three-on-three pool in the United States? Everybody's going to be doing sort of the FIBA three-on-three, including big, you know, is all going to become synthesized? I think the rules will all move toward the FIBA rules because it's just great to have one structure worldwide and, People who play in these tournaments can be preparing for the Olympics. Like well, that's what's gotten you know Kareem and others excited is this chance to you know chase this Olympic dream that looks like will be reality for uh, Team Princeton. So I think that only makes sense then for the local venues to uh, play by the same rules to get the players prepared to uh, compete internationally. Do you think yeah, you, you think... foresee a dream team three on three? You know how we sent in the Marines in 1992. Could you see? Presumably a, a dream team three-on-three. Three. What do you think, Kareem? <laughs> dream team three-on-three. Three. Um, you know, I, possibly. You know, I, I think the sport right now is about, you know, kind of who's playing it, right? And so guys need to dedicate themselves in the, in the same way we have to playing this sport and to say, you know, I, I do think in 10 years we'll see a world in which guys, are, you know, have to make the decision to play three-on-three or to go play five-on-five, whether overseas or in the league. And I think increasingly the options will be more lucrative and more enticing to play 3x3. I think it will emerge as as more of a challenger to, you know, the options that you have to play five-on-five. And I think, you know, you could foresee a world in which, like, you know, three-on-three moves to the college stage. So NCAA has a 3x3 basketball, um, and I think it will be the FIBA rules or some iteration of them, and I, I can totally see that happening. It's a fantastic sport. I mean, it's fast-paced. I think it's a great learning tool, um, even for five-on-five, because, you know, in the five-on-five game, any action, you're probably going to have three guys in the action, right, while someone spots up in the corner and someone crashes for a rebound. So I think it also serves as a, as a really good teaching tool. So I, I think the it, it will grow. What are some of the purses? That, you know, what you haven't mentioned how much you can win in the different weekly tournaments around the world. Right. So, you know, there's one level of tournaments where the, so the first place is $15,000, you know, split amongst your, your team. Second place is 10000 Next place is 6000 then 2000 but then in the, some of the larger tournaments for winning, you know, World Tour, it's 30K, then 20K um, wow. for first and second, and it goes down from there. So the number one team in the world, which is a Serbian team, Novi Sad, last year, um, actually the first and second place teams, I believe, pulled in 20,000, or sorry, 200,000 U.S. dollars for winning tournaments around the world wow. last summer. So. 50k each isn't a bad haul, right? For, for a summer of, of traveling around playing ball. Yeah, I got to go get in shape. I know they have a senior circuit. <laughs> hey, I guess John Rogers, uh, Kareem Alex. Hey guys, thank you so much. This has really been great. It's been great, enlightening, fun, and seriously, 
we have to. I I, I want to see the uh, FIBA three on three U.S. champion versus the uh, Big Three champion. I want to. I don't know when we. I, you know, we got, when when are we going to have it? We have to see that. That's going to be must see. You know, YouTube TV. Uh, well, I'm, look, I'm I'm for it. All right. Well, we have to we have to you know put up you know put up a shut up, but that's that would be our next telecast. So, hey, hey, listen. Hey, John, can we thank you so much? And uh, Jamal Murphy, Murph, thanks for stepping in. Uh, this has been great. But, but good luck. Uh, good luck in the Olympics. Well, that's all we have time for today. If there's anything you'd like us to cover, or if you just want to leave us a comment, tweet us at the undefeated, hashtag Fellows. You can also contact us directly. I'm on Twitter at WC Roden. That's W-C-R-H-O-D-E-N. Thanks for listening to the Roden Fellows Podcast. This show is produced by the wonderful Aaron Mathewson. Special thanks to Tarika Foster-Brasby and the ESPN Digital Audio Content Team. I'm Bill Roden, and I've been your host. Get all of your HBCU 468 podcasts as well as The Right Time with Bomani Jones and Morning Roast by subscribing to The Undefeated on the Listen tab of the ESPN app. Join us next week for another HBCU podcast, and don't forget to make The Undefeated your go-to site for a soulful look at sports and entertainment. Have a great week, everyone.